So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now, you'll still miss out on some things we think are pretty cool, like intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that that brings, inspiring music, cute kids at children's time. There isn't going to be any cookies through the podcast, but we can give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working, or maybe you got to get out of town, or maybe you're sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on a Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, just we ask that you would keep an open mind and an open heart. And we really believe in an open heart. So... And we in an open mind. We encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But in the midst of all that, our greatest hope is that you would experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So we continue the First Street Gospel series where we talk about sort of the things that you would see around a typical downtown. And I love the fact that your church is on a first, on First Street. We so. are on First Street. So it was, it was actually Main Street Gospel was the book, but we call it First Street Gospel because that's where we are. <laughs> We call our church Reno First because we want to remember that it's the community that comes before mm-hmm. um, the, anything else. Not like America First, where America is more important than anything else. But Reno First because we think that our larger community is more important than our smaller community. I know other generations of pastors have called it First Church, which is, you know, cool, but feels braggy to me. <laughs> <laughs> we showed up first. We're, we're, the, we're the first ones here. It's something to be proud of, but maybe not something to brag about. Instead, we want to make sure our community is first. So, so we're focusing this sermon series around the things that you would see around town and how they can help us think about our faith a little differently. And this week, I preached this sermon on July 22nd, but the theme was uh, everyone loves a parade. Everyone does love a parade, Everybody right? loves a parade. So parades are, you know, things, occasions in which we either celebrate the things that we love mm-hmm. or we mourn for the things that we have lost. Oh, yeah. So we can do either one of those things in a parade. So And sometimes we do both. And sometimes we do both. Like Veterans Day Parade mm-hmm. is sort of, uh, you know, we, we celebrate the people who are willing to sacrifice for the people they love. Yep. But we also recognize that it causes a lot of damage. War mm-hmm. is ugly. And mm-hmm. so, you know, to them and to other people. And so it's sort of one of those both and kind of parades. Yeah. Uh, this parade wasn't, this week wasn't actually any parade, except that it was the week before Pride. Which does have a parade. Which has a parade. And so uh, so we're talking about parades and really talking about, like, why is it important for us to participate in this parade? Why is it important for us to be present at Pride right. uh, as the church? And so we talked a little bit about what what these kind of parades have looked like. So we talked about Palm Sunday. Uh-huh. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Right. And we talked about this scripture from Mark where Jesus is just trying to get away with his disciples. And we talked about it last week on the podcast with uh, Susan. Jesus is just trying to get away with his disciples, and he just keeps getting interrupted by a parade of people who need things. Just one person after After another, another. after another, after another, who needs things. And he treats them with compassion. But in the midst of all of that, he also invites us to consider the things that we are missing. Mm. So he sort of, he reminds us there's there's grace in ordinary moments. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he reminds us that there's good news even in the midst of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. 
And he reminds us that, that there is purpose, mm-hmm. even if we get, you know, sort of sidelined from it every right. once in a while. We're not wandering aimlessly. We're, we're working with purpose. And so even when we get interrupted, we can treat those interruptions with the same purpose that we treat sort of our, our mm-hmm. original idea with. And that every moment is an opportunity to show the persistent love of God. Right. That that is really our, what our purpose is. So Jesus does this with these people who keep coming and coming and coming right. and coming. Just shows this persistent love and grace and good news right. for these folks. Hope, healing, all of that. And on Palm Sunday does something similar. Sort of says, okay, you know what? We are under Roman rule. They're parading their power and their violence at the other end of the city. And on this end of the city, we're going to celebrate a different way. Yeah. We're going to claim good news in the midst of our vulnerability. We're going to show what our purpose is, even if it's not the purpose that the Roman Empire would have for us. We're going to be persistently loving. And we're going to claim grace in the middle of ordinary moments. And so Jesus does this in in the Palm Parade. It's what we hope to do in the Pride Parade. Right. Same thing, to claim grace in the midst of sort of the ordinary stuff of life. To show good news is for everybody, including folks who have often felt judged or, uh, you know, excluded because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. To show that we have purpose with every person that we're meeting, that we want to be hope and love and Mm -hmm. safe space and grace for everybody. And that we can be persistently loving and build trusting relationship with folks to worry less about our reputation and more about our integrity as people who accept everyone. So we sort of contrasted these three moments in life, sort of this this Palm Sunday, this Jesus trying to get away with his mm-hmm. disciples and getting interrupted, and pride. Right. Uh, and we just talked about everything we need to know about how God thinks about us. Mm. Everything we need to know about how God thinks about us and wants us to think about each other are demonstrated in these moments of compassion. Okay. And that we are supposed to let ourselves be moved. Um, you're supposed to, there's supposed to be some reaction? We're not supposed to be defensive. We're supposed to let ourselves be moved by people's stories and by their pain and by their suffering. We're supposed to speak our truth when other people are lying. Mm. And let me tell you, there were some moments of pride. There was oh, one yeah. moment in particular where uh, some of our folks who were on the front end came back and they said, it's time to get loud. And it was the worst air quality of the summer. Oh, we yeah. had all this smoke blowing over the hill from all these fires. We could barely breathe. We'd been screaming already. Our voices are gone. And they said, get loud. And I don't know where we found it. Mm-hmm. But we just started screaming at the top of our lungs that love is love and God loves everyone. Because we were passing one of those guys with a blow horn. With a blow yeah, horn. he was obnoxious. And they said, get loud. And we said, okay, this is the moment. <laughs> we're going to buckle down here. We're going to get loud because we need to speak our truth. Yeah. When somebody's trying to spread lies and trying to make other people feel less than. Um, we need to reorient to radical inclusivity and finding that grace uh, wherever we are. And so I told a story about a moment when a parade was both a celebration and a moment of shame, mm. and then a moment of redemption. Um, okay. So in 1958, Joan Williams mm-hmm. was selected among the city employees of Pasadena to be Miss Crown City. Okay. Now, she was 27 years old. And what this meant was that she was going to have a portrait painted. Oh, wow. Um, she was going to get a crown and a sash. She was going to ride on a float in the Pasadena Rose Parade, which, you know, is a big deal. And she was going to get a write-up all about herself in the paper. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't apply for this. She didn't know what it was. She didn't know where right. it was coming from. But the people that she worked with and her supervisors thought she was beautiful and gracious and kind to every person she met. And they said, that's who we want to hold up 
as an an emblem of who we are in Pasadena. So this newspaper reporter went to visit her in her home and Mm -hmm. showed up and met her husband, who had been a Tuskegee Airman, and their dark-skinned children, Mm. and realized Joan Williams is black. Mm. And in 1958, knew that he could not write an article in the newspaper Mm. about a black woman being Miss Crown City. Mm. So he made a call to the city, and the next day she got a phone call letting her know that her services would no longer be required. Mm. This story was basically buried until until 2015, when the mayor of the city heard about this story Mm. and wrote an official apology to Joan Williams and had it published in the paper Mm. uh, to apologize for the racism and the fear that had prevented them from holding her up as an emblem of what was good about their city and apologizing and also inviting her Mm. to ride in the Rose Parade in the mayor's float. And so that year, 2015, she got to ride in the float with the mayor. Her husband had long since passed away, but her children were there to cheer her on. And I think it makes a difference in those parade moments when we can celebrate the things that we hold up, when we can mourn together the things that we have gotten oh so very wrong and find in the midst of that compassion. I mean, think about the grace of her accepting this invitation to ride with the mayor. Mm. Um, We can take a moment in the midst of whatever else is going on and say, I see your humanity. Yep. And I'm willing to do what I can to alleviate your pain. That is huge. Huge. So I use this as a 25-minute moment to guilt my congregation into showing up for pride. (laughs) (laughs) And some of them did. And some of them did. And we had a good time. Uh, And like I said, we did. We got loud. When we thought people were shouting lies, we got loud. and, uh, And we were able to just be present. And... The feedback that we've gotten the last few years is it makes a difference when churches show up and don't try to recruit. Amen. We just show up and say, this is what we believe in and we love you. And if you ever need us, we're here. Yep. Um, But not to make it about us. Yeah. To just notice somebody else's humanity for once. It's pretty good. It's, yeah. Have you ever had a moment like that when you kind of go, oh, this is both a moment of pride and a moment of pain? Well, what strikes me is, is just realizing just in the... Well, that would have been my third Pride Parade. Uh-huh. How much more diverse yeah. our Pride Parade here in Little Orino has gotten. Yeah. And and to acknowledge that some of that has been because of some big tragedy, like the shooting in Florida and things like that, where, where a part of the community was seen yeah. in a way that it hadn't been seen before. Right. Um, but but even even in our little Pride Parade, I can see some of those redemptive moments, even yeah. if that's... Not their intention, to, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like somebody said, oh, well, we finally need to invite them because we've noticed them. Or yeah. the door is wider yeah. than it might have been. I always like going through Pride and walking down the street and then every once in a while hearing somebody go, oh, I've been to that church. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. you do my work for me. You do know what I'm saying? Do my work for me. Do but, my work for but me. Just, um, but those little moments of, you, you know, I, I recognize that the reason it's so shocking for you all to see church at Pride is yeah. because you have had some experience in your life where some fool has told you some nonsense about what God thinks about you yep. and everything we need to know about what God thinks about us or wants us to think about each other is just that. It's just compassion. Amen. It's just compassion. Amen. And so 
If we can find those moments in every moment of our lives, not just in the big ones, but in every moment, then I think we would we would find ourselves living into a stronger world. Yeah. So anyway, I agree. So that was agree. the sermon. Beautiful. And then the next Sunday was when Devin preached, which is episode 41, yep. uh, which we posted before. So it's already posted. Episode uh, 41 is already posted. Uh, and that's the pride sermon. And he talks about sort of the diversity of pride and the diversity of church and how we yeah. struggled over the years. It's an amazing sermon. Yep. Go check it out. Well, thank you for listening to this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories you want that relate to topics we've been discussing, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Sunday Morning Sleep In or on our website at sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast is Mark 6, 30 to 34 and 53 to 56. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jasper. It's traditional at the end of a service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. But we don't really give you a blessing. We think you have been blessed. Everything you need to know about what God thinks about you is compassion. God loves you. God cares about you. God cares what you're going through. And God is with you in each moment and asks you, invites you, encourages you, begs you to show compassion to one another. To not be stiff and and defensive, but to let yourself be moved by the stories of the people around you. Not to paint everybody with the same brush, but to get to know people one-on-one and to hear their truth. To reorient to the kind of radical inclusivity that makes enough room for individuals and not just for big swaths of categories of people that we think should be present. How will you make room in your life this week for somebody else's story to be told? Amen. Amen.